Eight Steps to a New You, looking at Matthew and Jesus' Sermon on the Mount to discover how you can be transformed, how you can truly have a new life. Not just a new and improved part, not just some new added extra to your life, but a complete transformation. That's what Jesus came to do for, our, for us and in us, is make us new. We're looking at Matthew chapter 5 and looking at the Beatitudes or those passages where they all start with blessed, blessed, blessed. And we learn that blessed is not just being happy. Blessed is joy untouchable, that no matter what happens in life, that we can have joy in us. And this is step number four. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. First three steps we looked at were blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So blessed are you. Oh, the joy when you realize you're completely void of anything but God's grace. Then you realize that you've got the kingdom of God. It's a first step and foundational step. And then you mourn because of your uh, lost state, but you're comforted then because when we mourn and cry out for Jesus, he comes to us and comforts us. We learn that then the next step is meekness that built on top of that poor in spirit and mourning is now we realize we've got no strength in ourselves. And so God's strength is made perfect in us. And now step number four, we desire Jesus like a person starving or dying of thirst, that he begins to hunger and thirst for that which can can will always satisfy leaving behind the things that will never satisfy. So let's jump into this step number four. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Jesus said when speaking to the disciples, said, don't worry about what you will eat or drink or what you will wear. The pagans run after these things, but not you. Your heavenly father will provide for you. Seek first his kingdom. On another time, he said, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Well, which bread are we hungering for. And Jesus said, if you knew who it was that was talking to you, you would have asked and he would have given you that that bread of life. To the woman at the well, he said, I'll give you living water that you'll never thirst again. See, over and over, Jesus is talking about not an earthly hungering and thirsting, but a heavenly spiritual hungering and thirsting. On earth, we're blessed if we're not hungry or thirsty. With God, you're blessed if you are hungry and thirsty. On earth, you can be filled to a degree that you, know, you can die. You can eat yourself and drink yourself to death. Not with God. You can always be more hungry or more thirsty. There's never a limit to what you can get from God. Psalm 42.2 says, As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you. What are you hungering and thirsting for right now? A husband, a wife, better job, more money, security, family health. All good things, Jesus said, will come to you when you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. This word righteousness means an absolute conformity to the will of God, an absence of any and all sin. Psalm 63.1 says, earnestly I seek you. I desire you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. This dry and weary land, that's the poor in spirit part. We realize we're parched in our spirit and we have to have God. He'll supply the need when you cry out to him that way. You will be blessed. You will be filled when you are hungry and thirsty for righteousness. I'm reminded of the Christmas song, O Holy Night. There's that that phrase in the song that says, Long lay the earth in sin and error pining. Does your heart pine for the Lord? Remember, my wife, before we were married, she went on a nine-week European trip, and we were apart, and I missed her terribly. 
And on her return from the airport, there's that that long wait, and, and the doors will open, and some people come out, and the doors open again, and other people come out. And you're wondering, when's she going to come out? And I, I just couldn't wait to catch a glimpse of her. And she could see my taller, you know, blonde head bobbing up and down, but I couldn't see her until it was time when the doors opened and then she appeared. The scripture, the, that song says, Long lay the earth in sin and error, pining, until he appeared and the soul felt its worth. When we pine in our sinful state, in our error-filled state, we pine for the Lord, we hunger and we thirst for him. When he appears, our soul will feel its worth. Blessed are those who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness, for they will be filled. Romans 14, 17 says, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So let's look at some principles of hungering and thirsting. First, hunger and thirst is a good thing. It's a good thing. When you're hungry and thirsty, it means you're, you're healthy, your body is functioning, you're exercising, you're working, you're doing whatever you need to fill it with the food and water to keep going. In the spirit, it's the same thing. When you're hungry and thirst for God, it's a very, very dangerous thing when you find out that you're not hungry and thirsty. That's number two. The absence of hunger and thirst is a danger sign. The world will go and see doctors and they'll give pain medicine and maybe they'll mask the pain, but maybe not be able to actually go to the root of the problem. When there's no hunger and thirst in your spiritual life, that's a problem. The thirst comes before you'll pursue. The hunger comes before you'll pursue. If you aren't hungry, it doesn't matter how good the food is. You're not going to you're not going to want to eat it. You could be in the midst of a gigantic banquet, but if you already ate before, it doesn't really matter how beautiful the banquet is, you're not hungry. Sometimes you, we fill up on bad food. You're not going to want the luscious, you know, steak and baked potato and vegetables if you've just before the meal had three cheeseburgers. You've already filled your stomach with bad food. The hunger pangs aren't there anymore. So to be hungry is a good thing. The absence of hunger is a bad thing. Are you hungry today for righteousness or does it even cross your mind? Number three, righteousness is not simply being free from sin, but free from the desire to sin. Are we hungry and thirsty not just to stop doing sinful things, but even the want to do sinful things. Do we even want the temptation to be dealt with and, and cast away? That's a powerful desire right there, not even to want the want to. Number four, few deny the desire for the fullness of God, but many deny the avenue to that fullness. Yeah, we want righteousness, but are we willing to do what it takes to get that righteousness? We like the, the product. We like the, you know, what we see that's the result. But do we, we want what it takes to get there? Remember, Jesus had to go to the cross and be crucified before we had salvation. We love the salvation, but do we love the cross? Never forget the story of a pro golfer. He was hitting balls in the driving range, and a man was watching him, and he was just amazed at the remarkable consistency. And he said to him, wow, I'd give anything to hit a ball like that. The pro stopped and turned and looked at him and said, no, you wouldn't. I've hit thousands and thousands of balls in my lifetime. Every day I commit to hours on end, spending my money, my time, and sacrificing all else to be able to hit a ball like this. I have practiced until my hands bled. This is my profession. It's my life. I've given everything to be able to hit balls like this. You wouldn't give anything to hit balls like this, like I do, or you'd be doing it. That's the truth, isn't it? Sometimes we want the end result but we don't want to put in the work. 
Number five, the blessing of righteousness is attractive. It's the righteousness itself that we don't like. We like the blessing to be filled, but we don't always like the righteousness itself, saying no to the flesh, saying no to things that are tempting and that are you know, maybe culturally acceptable or look pleasurable, like the rich young ruler. God, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, sell everything you have. Well, I want eternal life, but I don't want to sell everything I have. Sometimes it's hard when we want the, the right, or we want the blessing of righteousness, but we don't want to have the righteousness itself. What are some of the ta- some of the signs that we lack a spiritual hunger? I know for me, some of my signs are loss of sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, loss of a desire to get into God's Word, a loss of gratefulness. I get increasingly irritable. I get increasingly self-centered. I lose compassion for other people, and I lose focus on uh, what it means for someone to be lost. I lose my contentment, and I lose my ability to handle urgent things with a calmness and wisdom. I lose my desire to pray. And I get an increased irritability of other people. Those are some of my just symptoms when I know that I'm not hungering and thirsting. Well, what are some of the signs that that I know when I am hungering and thirsting, when I am seeking God? Well, I feel rested even amidst crazy times, that things that would normally irritate me don't. There's a calm in my mind even when there's chaos around that I do have increased sensitivity to other people. I I feel for them and I have a compassion for them. I'm more generous with my money. I'm far less concerned about the small things because the focus on the bigger picture is more clear. I'm much more patient with people. I'm much more others focused and I'm not nearly as urgent. There's a sense that everything is slowing down. I know that I'm hungry and thirsting when I feel that presence of God within me. So let's wrap this up. And let me give you seven quick things, seven things to help you hunger more and thirst for God. One, see that my own righteousness is not good enough. You you don't have it in yourself. You've got to hunger for God. You can't just try to be good, try to stop sinning, try to do the right thing. You won't, you'll fail. You've got to see that yours is not good enough. Our righteousness is filthy rags. He has got to be the one you seek at all times. Number two, avoid things that are opposed to righteousness. You're saying, I want righteousness, but I'm filling my mind with porn. I want to hunger and thirst, but I'm you know, full of a bad attitude and I'm full of just you know, greed and full of, of self-centered things. That you, You've got to avoid the things that would oppose righteousness. You can't fill yourself up with cake and Twinkies and then have an appetite for the good steak. Get rid of the bad food, fill up on the good food. Number three. If discipline yourself or discipline yourself to keep righteousness before yourself at all times, every day, every hour, every minute, make the right decision. Keep God as a focus. Keep God as a focus. Paul says, pray without ceasing. How do you pray without ceasing? It's not bow your head and close your eyes without ceasing 24 seven, but it's keeping your mind stayed on him. Isaiah says he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on Christ. Make time for God in a very, very kind of intentional way, but throughout the day, discipline yourself to keep righteousness before you at all times. Number four, put yourself in a position where you can feed and drink. Be in church. Listen to podcasts. Um, uh, When there's special events, go to them. 
Put yourself in a position where you can feed and drink. Join Bible studies. Get in small groups. And I remember when I was young, I didn't want to miss any services. I didn't want to miss any time the door was open of the church. I wanted to be there. What do you, where do you want to be? What do you read? What do you watch? Number five, study God's word. Yeah, you don't feel like it all the time, but every day, get into God's word. Not only just read it, but study it. Learn to be a student of the scriptures. Prefer the word of God over the words of men. Number six, pray. I know we don't always feel like praying. Sometimes you feel like you're praying and the words are bouncing off the ceiling and right down on the top of your head. But make it a discipline to pray every day. When you wrestle through and hunger that no matter what, God, I want you, you'll find his peace that surpasses understanding being yours. And number seven, realize that none of the first six is really enough and cry out for his mercy and grace. No matter how much you try to put those first six into place, you're going to find yourself failing at times. And then you need to be able to fall on his grace. Seek him and say, God, I'm not enough. I'm not strong enough. I want you and you alone. Isaiah 55, one to two says this, come all who are thirsty, come to the waters and you who have no money, come and buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and your soul will delight in the richest affair. Come unto me, come to eat, come to drink. That's God's promise to us. When the prodigal son was hungry, eating with the pigs, he finally returned back home and the father welcomed him with open arms. The father will welcome you too. There is only one source that satisfies a hungry soul, and that's the righteousness that comes from God. Rewording that great passage, blessed are those who, are hung- who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. You could rewrite it this way. Blessed are those, if everything were lost, they would be at most inconvenienced because their hunger and thirst is not on earthly things. They are totally dependent on Jesus for their joy. Only the treasures of heaven satisfy. I hope this is helpful to you. Let's all taste and see that the Lord is good and you'll never thirst again. You'll never hunger again. All right. I just got to let you know I'm going on vacation for a week and so I won't be finishing up the eight steps until I get back. So we'll have to wait for steps five, six, seven, and eight until after uh, Sunday the 30th. So I'll look forward to catching up to you then. Until then, God bless you. Let's hunger and thirst for righteousness. This is Pastor Greg, Life 66, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.